the number one arrow in our quiver against critical race theory is Martin Luther King. It's judging on the content of their character over the color of their skin. Of course, we all know critical race theory seeks to do just the opposite. It racializes children. If you're a child of color, then you're a victim. And if you're a white child, then everybody hates you and you should be ashamed. Since early 2020, Tennessee has seen a massive uptick in conservative activism in response to the state and local government's mishandling of COVID in schools, workplaces, and in everyday life as economic, religious, and personal liberties guaranteed by our state and federal constitution were swept aside, even under Republican leadership in Tennessee, many citizens who were formerly disengaged politically began to notice that something wasn't right. Many mothers of Tennessee children endured remarkable hardships as their children, who were not at any significant risk of COVID, were sent home by government schools to be educated at a distance. Further, these moms began to notice that their child's curriculum contained harmful elements like critical race theory, inappropriate sexual content, anti-American and anti-Christian messages. Concerns brought by these moms to local school boards either fell on deaf ears or were met with outright animosity or contempt. Nonetheless, these moms would not take it lying down. So they began to form Moms for Liberty chapters all over the volunteer state to safeguard the liberties and the culture for the next generation. Joining me today, are three moms for Liberty representatives, Brandy Howard of Hamilton County, Robin Steenman of Williamson County, and Jennifer Condor of the Davidson County chapter. Ladies, welcome to the program. Thank you, Brandon. Thanks for having us. Glad y'all are here. So the first thing I would like to ask each of you, and I appreciate what you do, I believe that uh, ladies in particular in the state Senate and House have been leading the way. In particular, Terry Lynn uh, Weaver comes to mind along with Janice Bowling, uh, her counterpart in the Senate, who gave a lot of men the courage they frankly should have had months ago. And the first question I would like to ask all of you, and I'll start with Robin, uh, is what specifically made you realize that you couldn't sit on the political sidelines anymore, that your representatives were not going to do what you thought they should do? Um, and how did you discover your Moms for Liberty chapter in Tennessee? Robin, we'll come to you first. I first heard about Moms for Liberty on Glenn Beck. They announced their presence or their existence on that program, and I kind of just filed that away in the back of my mind, thinking that could be useful information later on. Uh, but what moved me to action was the hiring of a diversity, equity, inclusion consultancy here for Williamson County Schools. And I'm aware that DEI is critical race theory in praxis, and I've been following DEI's infiltration through corporations, the DOD, the DOJ, and I see how it rots every organization that it touches from the inside out. And the fact that Williamson County Schools was looking to open that Pandora's box moved me to action. I did my first ever school board commentary in March of 2021. I warned them that they were stepping out onto a slippery slope that goes to very dark places, and I'm not making it up. There's lots of precedent out there in, in California and other blue states where the dark places where this kind of policy has led. So um, that's what got me started. And very quickly into that journey, we learned about the wit and wisdom curriculum and that critical race theory 
was already present in Williamson County via that curriculum, specifically the second grade module three. And we knew that because kids were coming home racialized, um, you know, victimized or, uh, or um, told that, or ashamed of their skin color. Wow. Brandy, what's your story? Well, uh, I always like to say I have always been a public school supporter. Um, my kids have always been in public school. I went to public school. We relocated to Tennessee right at two years ago. And when COVID hit and school went virtual, I could hear. I was standing in the kitchen. My daughter was on her Chromebook and I heard what was being taught and went, wait a minute. <laughs> what did she just say? So I started sitting in and attending her English class with her. It was a ninth grade English um, here in Hamilton County. And I thought, what in the world are they teaching? I had no idea. And like so many parents, uh, you know, I, I always thought that the professionals or the elected officials were overseeing this and they were making good decisions for our kids and let the experts handle that, right? And my role as a mom um, and a hands-on mom, right? Super involved. I was the room parent, the team mom, the PTO mom. And I, I kind of thought that support role is what I should be doing. Um, I never thought that I needed to look at the material that was being taught. So shame on me. And when I started to look at it and I thought, you've got to be kidding. I, something has to happen, right? What do we do about this? And I frequently tell people, so that's what kind of got me started in all of this. And, and I'll tell you, um, I've never voted in a midterm election in my entire life ever. So that's how disengaged I've been. You know, I vote every for the big one and, and that's about it. Um, that has changed, right? That'll never happen again. There are, I discovered there are a lot of parents and taxpayers like me. And when we figure out something has to happen, we have to get involved. And I started to look for, how do I even do that? I don't know how to do that. And somebody connected, Robin had launched the Williamson County Moms for Liberty group and somebody sent it to me. So I joined and started following that group and had another mom kind of accidentally connect to me and said, hey, I'm in Hamilton County we need one of these here. And so, um, you know, PTO mom then steps out and decides we're gonna start this little Facebook group, which, <laughs> <laughs> which has turned into a little bit more than planned, but, uh, but that's, how, that's how we started and that's how I woke up. Everybody has an interesting story and that's a good place to start. Jennifer, we'll come to you. How did you get plugged in and involved? Well, kind of like what Brandy was saying and, and of course, Robin always says it all so succinctly and well, but I, I, my children are in their twenties. So back when they were in elementary and, and middle school and all that, I was the same way, very involved, you know, PTO mom, brownie leader, room mom, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you just, you know, I thought we were, we were in a great County. Education is one of our big draws here. And uh, I, I live in Williamson County, also helping out in Davidson County with the Davidson County chapter because my family is there. So anyway, that's that distinction. But our schools were great, so we thought. And and I questioned myself, like, gosh, did I just kind of go along with all that all those years because I knew the teachers and I was there all the time and everything was good and we didn't 
didn't have issues or maybe it's just gotten that progressively worse since I'm 10 or so years, you know, out of that. But, um, but yeah, my, I've always been involved and thought I was on top of things and heard about, I heard about this through the Williamson County chapter. Once Robin and those guys kicked off, they had a, a really great event last May. Um, I think it was the CRT 101 event that I, that I first came to. And I, and I brought my sister, Cindy, who is the Davidson County uh, chapter chair. And I said, you gotta, you know, we, we need to hear this. And then we went to another event and then it was like, there's gotta be one of these in, in every County, you know, surely there's one in Nashville. Surely there's one in Davidson County. And, and there wasn't, and there it, it, even, it's just tougher to kind of crack that nut and get, get people to speak up. And, and although they were, you know, very disappointed in finding out things. And so I just feel like I kind of maybe represent um, people whose children are grown, uh, people that don't have children. Um, we have several members in our in our chapter that are that don't have kids in the system at all, but they're just very, they just know what's happening and it affects all of us, the education of these children, they're our children. And so it was just one of those things that once you realize the stirring and what was happening and and one, one issue kind of led to another and eye opening here and there and it was like you you can't sit by you can't not jump in this game and because it matters to all of us you know so if nothing else for my future grandchildren or whatever but but yeah that was kind of how how we got involved well robin uh it sounds like very often which is the case if one person steps forward uh bravely uh, everyone else in the room suddenly feels like they've got permission that somebody is giving them a voice and then the voices rise to the top, which is often how things happen politically. You have to have the bravery to do that. It sounds like the Williamson County um, chapter uh, was the leaven in the bread in Tennessee, if you will. So now I'd like to talk about the thing that actually makes me excited, and that is practical political impact. I've ran campaigns. That's always my thing. I, I love posting on social media. That's great. I love chit-chatting and getting together and eating. But, you know, the rubber meets the political road somewhere, and that's really where grassroots uh, organizations have to focus is on the measurable differences we can make in elections and legislation. If you enjoy Tennessee news coming to you conservatively, please do support us, guys. We run on grassroots support. I know every conservative is just like, I'm going to watch this stuff for free. I'm going to read this stuff for free. Somebody else is going to give. Please do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com. You can click the link. It's either above or below this video. I don't care, 10 bucks a month, five bucks a month, $50. If you give $50, we'll send you this wonderful, proud Tennessee conservative tumbler. If you put criminal race theory into this and you close it up and you shake it, you know what comes out? No racism. Because this strips it completely out. Uh, maybe some people in a public education in our universities and our chambers of commerce might need something like this so that they can get back to basics and their humanity, treating people like people instead of like animals, which is how you, you would treat animals is classifying them by their appearance and not by the content of their character. Additionally, when you give any amount, we will send you this directory of state senators and um, state representatives so you can contact them in support of their reforms to the school to keep this critical race theory out. Please go there, guys. We run on grassroots support. If I don't have any support, we can't continue to do this. So please go there and give whatever you can. Uh, the liberals are giving. Uh, that's why we are outnumbered 80 to 1 in Tennessee. So we need your help. So starting with Robin in Williamson County, uh, tell me briefly uh, what your local chapter will be focusing on in 2022 and uh, how you plan to make a measurable difference. 
twofold. So uh, we filed the first formal complaint under the anti-CRT law last summer. It took the Tennessee DOE five months to decide to dismiss it on a technicality. So we'll be refiling that complaint in 2022. Um, and, and that really, you know, I think when adults are involved and it's just adults in the room, you may have the luxury to just miss things on a technicality. But when children are involved, you shouldn't have that luxury. So the fact that they just didn't even examine it on the merits to me is inexcusable. So we will be refiling that and we will be bringing wit and wisdom back to the surface because uh, our school board and our superintendent chose to mire us in what's called a 4.403 process, which is a reconsideration request. And we filed that reconsideration request in early June. And here it is January of the following year and they still have not released results or recommended actions. And when they do release those results, we do not expect them to be satisfactory. So we continue to carry the torch for wit and wisdom because there are kids affected daily by what's being taught, you know, mandatory 90 minutes a day. The second grade of Williamson County as uh, well, they have a snow day today, but they started day one of social injustice training yesterday. And they're going to marinate in that for nine weeks until they leave for spring break. And that's the one that really damaged kids last year. So that fight's not over. We can't just sit by and let that stuff continue to be taught and be silent. So we're going to bring it back to the forefront and you'll see that that occurring. And then on the other uh, part of that is to replace who's listening, because we as a chapter exhausted every civic avenue for change. We went to every individual board member. We went to our superintendent. We went to our local leaders. We went to our state leaders. We filed the formal complaint with the Tennessee DOE. And what has that gotten us? Nothing. So it's time to change who's listening. It's time to elect new people. So um, with Moms for Liberty, we can endorse candidates. Um, it's a little more limited. I do expect that we will. Um, and it's for school board only, but there's an offshoot from Moms for Liberty that's called Williamson Families PAC. And as a PAC, then we have the full flexibility and authority to endorse and support candidates. And we're gonna be looking for big changes in Williamson County in 2022. Well, I hope you do. And if I might make a suggestion as an old political hand, uh, your money will go further uh, telling people the truth about bad board members than it will be actually supporting good ones. Because when you uh, draw a contrast as a pack and you tell people about where folks stand on the issues, it's something the candidate, if they do it, it's negative campaigning. But if mm -hmm. the organization does it, they can air it out and then the other person has to respond to it. And uh, the only thing that, that politicians really understand is negative press and in uh, election consequences. So do not ever be afraid if you've gone through the proper channels and half the time that's not even worth the time to do. Uh, if you've gone through the proper channels, uh, light them on fire. They deserve every bit of it. Uh, Brandy, talk about what's going on in Hamilton County and uh, what you plan to do. Well, similar, and, and I could say we've gone through a very similar path that Robin describes, right? That as we uncovered issues, um, we've brought it to the district, we've brought it to the school board, we've brought it to local politicians, we've filed the forms, we've had the meetings, and, and there just hasn't been a willingness 
on, on the side of those elected officials or the district employees to really make a change, right? Or to even make sure they're in compliance with state law. So we'll continue to do that. Um, two focuses for 2022. Number one is continue to raise that awareness raise the awareness about what's being taught because parents and, and taxpayers have no idea. They really don't. And, and as we introduce this to them, we show them the books, the papers, the, the, the data. We show them the data and over and over again, they're shocked. So continuing to raise that awareness, which then triggers that desire to get involved and do something. So the second thing for the year is uh, folks are busy, right? Especially parents, single parents, working parents, really busy. So we are trying to summarize and kind of offer the cliff notes. We need to give people instruction about how to be involved, how to make a difference in a bullet point format. We are vetting candidates. We are gathering the information. We are, we are doing videos about their background, their history, things they've done. We want to hand this to each individual voter and say, we need you on this date here are where these candidates stand. We need you to vote. Here's the primary, here's the election. So we're, we're trying to impact in that way is enabling uh, voters to know where to be, what to do and, and voting records so they can vote wisely. Awesome. And as well, you should. And going back to your comments about sending things to the you know Tennessee Department of Education, Penny Schwinn, for whatever reason, our uh, not so conservative governor think it's thinks it's a great idea to promote people to teach our kids that that embrace concepts of racism and racism light, and uh, she's the same one that introduced the child wellness check that very Orwellian forty uh, some odd page document that every child in Tennessee should be examined by some kind of state worker uh, for their mental health when these people can't even teach kids to read and write after thirteen years. Um, so I, I doubt you're going to get a whole lot of sympathy out of her because frankly, she's gonna move on to the next job here in two or three years likely. So you really have to be the advocate for your kids that our government will not. Jennifer, talk about what's going on in Davidson County, the, the hotbed of horrors and, and all things liberal and leftist in, in our state. Right, it's honestly, it's a, it's a tough battle um, for those reasons. I think, um, I think there are a lot, of, a lot of good conservative folks still there, but they've been silenced for so long and, and so um, overwhelmed by the MNEA and these others that show up at these meetings. So we're kind of, we're going to try to dig in um, and, and let people know, break down those, those fears and that intimidation and that, you know, there's, there's more of us than, than you think. Um, and kind of the same way, we haven't gotten involved in uh, lawsuits and things like that in particular, you know, yet haven't to that degree, but we did decide that, you know, you, there are so many issues, you kind of need to, to pick your issues. And so you can go to these meetings and you, and you encourage people to be there and you, and you, whether you're talking about critical rate, uh, the, you know, the wit and wisdom or, or just what the mask issue and, you know, all these things that we just felt like um, we need to let, we need some transparency from this board because you stand in front of them and, hope you have their attention for the three minutes that you get to speak but a lot of times it's you don't even know if they're you know it's just kind of hard and it's like you know they they're they're people they're, they're supposed to be there for us so we post some questions at the end of last year um to them and we're going to keep pounding them we thought you know we just like to know if we're going to know which one of you we want to support and which one of you we want to replace um we'll just post some questions to you directly 
and keep asking those until we get answers. And, and we've asked for meetings and things like that. But stuff like, um, I think the three questions we asked at the end of last year was, you know, we'd like to kind of know where the money's going, the ESSER grant money, the part of that 40, but for some odd million or billion dollars that the state got, um, I forget the exact number right now, but you know, we'd like to know how much has been spent, where it's been spent, and what are the strings attached to that money? You know, what do you have to do in order to get to use that money? And is that part of why you're so big on mass mandates and things like that? So we've asked them that question. Uh, we'd also we've been trying to track down current teachers' manuals so you can uh, you know share that with people so they know exactly uh, like we've discovered with some of this curriculum. It's not so much what's being read but it's how it's being taught and how what what's being plucked out of some of those books and drilled into our children and we've had a hard time gaining access to some of that curriculum and according to the tennessee the the te textbook transparency act we're supposed to be able to to access that so we put that question to them and then we thought we would go ahead and ask them about where they stand on vaccine mandates because we know that's coming and that's the next thing after the masks and They've got to have uh, personal feelings about that, yay or nay. And um, so we just kind of want to hold their feet to the fire. And um, we thought asking these questions publicly and expecting answers, transparent answers, might be one of the best ways to start uh, to kind of weed out uh, who's on our side and who we need to start, you know, looking for replacements for. So that's that's kind of where we're focusing. Also, same ideas, letting growing our chapter trying to get, uh, you know, more people involved and letting them know it's, you know, you can like uh, what Brandy was saying with just the bullet points because people are busy and there's lots of requests on people's times. But I think once we uh, we keep putting it out there and letting them know it's it's not that difficult to, you know, show up at a meeting or or, or sign a petition or email your, your representative or whatever. So we're just growing our chapter and, and raising awareness is gonna be at the forefront of what, what Davidson County needs, I think. Very good. And I know that, you know, we're very active at the Tennessee Conservative about what's going on at the state legislature and often uh, what trickles down to the school boards is, is merely what's in the Tennessee code. So sometimes if, if you can't get anything done here, you need to just go up the food chain where they have no, they, they can't do anything but what the legislature tells them, which is increasingly seeming like the best thing to do to help these kids that are in blue uh, counties that are being uh, that are really being uh, taken advantage of for a little bit of government money. And uh, so let's, switching gears here, uh, we've got an opportunity to educate some people at the American Dream Conference, and that's going to be uh, January 14th through 15th at Liberty Hall in Franklin, Tennessee. Um, and talk a little bit, uh, Robin, about that. I think you sent me uh, an email recently about what's going to happen at that event. And then I'd also like to, uh, to commend you uh, for the fact that the woke left is trying to cancel this event, which means you're effective. And if you're not called racist, uh, if you're not canceled, you're, you're just not doing anything. Uh, you're just not, you're not accomplishing anything. If you're not attacked, you're not effective. And so once you begin uh, being attacked, you know that you're effective. And uh, that's a good thing in my mind. Robin, tell me all about it. We've been attacked quite a bit over the last eight months. So I guess uh, that's a measure of effectiveness, but we are holding, we're co-sponsoring the American Dream Conference. We partnered with Carol Swain, Dr. Carol Swain's Be the People project to put this two-day conference on. It starts Friday evening with the keynote by Dr. Ben Carson. And then on Saturday, we have two panels, uh, the morning panel sponsored by Be the People and the afternoon panel sponsored by Moms for Liberty with Dr. James Lindsay in the middle as a keynote and then CJ Pearson 
kicking it off in the morning as another keynote. And then we're waiting for final confirmation that Winston Sears will join virtually. It's gonna be a busy morning for her because she's getting sworn in that day. So it's gonna be a great timely conference because here's the thing, we've been accused of wanting to ban books. The current, the current accusation is that we wanted to ban Martin Luther King's book for the second grade, which is an outright lie. It's a complete misrepresentation, distortion of the truth, which is all that they have. The truth isn't on their side. So they distort, distort, you know, misrepresent. And the number one um, arrow in our quiver against critical race theory is Martin Luther King. It's judging on the content of their character over the color of their skin. Of course, we all know critical race theory seeks to do just the opposite. It racializes children. If you're a child of color, then you're a victim. And if you're a white child, then everybody hates you and you should be ashamed. That is the, the end result. You'll know CRT by its fruits. That's the fruit that it bears is children, second graders that who were colorblind before are now just focusing on skin color. And you've brought that in at such a young age that they may never overcome that damage that has been done. So the number one weapon against that ideology is Martin Luther King judging on the content of your character. And that's why this, this uh, conference is so timely because I think the left is understanding the weapon that we have against their narrative. And they are trying to claim Martin Luther King for the left. Uh, just last year, Ibram Kendi cited Moms for Liberty Williamson County in an op-ed in the Atlantic accusing us in Williamson County of the second assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King. And it had all this fluffy, you know, poetic dialogue, you know, just to make it all dramatic. But you boil it down and there's nothing there. It's just drama and emotion. That's all that they have. And the facts are on our side. And the facts are we only seek to espouse and highlight and hold Dr. Martin Luther King's dream up as a, what we should be striving for and what our country has been striving for up until wokeism took over. And then they, they look at the dream of MLK and then they do a 180 degree turn and say, let's go back the other way and institute neo-racism. So that's why it's so timely because there is a battle. There's a narrative battle for Martin Luther King right now. And that's one reason that we chose this event on that weekend. We called it the American Dream Conference because how is the dream? What's the status of the dream right now in American education? Is it thriving or is it on life support? And how do we teach the dream going forward? That's the whole Moms for Liberty afternoon panels, teaching the dream in 2022. How do we turn this around and re, you know, face and reapproach the dream of Martin Luther King instead of uh, turning the kids away from it. So um, the left, of course, hates all of that, and they want to paint us as uh, profiteering off of the image of Martin Luther King. And after we've tried to ban his books, and uh, I got to tell you, nobody's making money at this event. We have kept the price extremely low. <laughs> so that uh, as many people can come as possible, so that it's as accessible as possible. Um, and so there's no profiteering going on. There's only investment in the community. Well, as someone who works in the conservative community trying to get the message out there, I can guarantee you uh, there's no profits going on anywhere. Uh, right. Large corporations don't want to spend their money with conservative organizations and uh, and large liberal donors don't want to dump money in there, so it is is always a grassroots groundswell. 
how can people directly go uh, to register for this event or find out more information about it? They can go to be the people nonprofit.com and it'll come right up with a registration link and realize that if you want to go to the dinner and see Dr. Ben Carson, you've got to register by Sunday, Sunday, January 9th. So there's a cutoff and um, there's not going to be a lot of leeway. Um, in closing, uh, I know that a lot of moms uh, who subscribe to the Tennessee Conservative, and we have a lot of ladies, I'd say it's probably like 65% of our subscriber base, uh, would like to find out more about their local Moms for Liberty chapter or even start one of their own in their local county. How would they go about doing that? Momsforliberty.org. If you go to the top, there's a find your chapter or start a chapter. So you have either course of action available to you. And we hope that if you don't have one, that you will start a chapter and that you'll reach out to us and let the existing chapters help you build something there from the ground up. And we can share our knowledge and our expertise and the lessons, the many lessons that we have learned already. Well, excellent. Ladies, uh, Brandy, Jennifer, Robin, I appreciate all of you uh, for taking the time out of your busy mom schedules to come on here um, and and really share what you're doing. Because if it were not for the engaged ladies that are that are off their duff and being politically active, uh, lots of things, we would not have called back the medical freedom. We would not have gotten uh, to the degree that the state government can uh, the mask mandates and vaccine mandates off the backs of our children. And uh, we are making progress here. And I, I think they overplayed their hands. And when you wake up the ladies and you wake up the moms, you probably wish that you hadn't. And so now I hope that the momentum gathers and y'all continue to march, um, march to Washington, but please stop and linger in Nashville because they need the attention. <laughs> um, so thank you all. Uh, I appreciate you very much. This is Brandon Lewis. Uh, please do go to, uh, be the people.com be the people nonprofit.com be the people nonprofit.com uh, or momsforliberty.org we'll put those links below this video wherever it is posted i'm brandon lewis with the tennessee conservative until next time i'm signing off <laughs>